I did it, man. You didn't have any faith in me, did you? No. <laughs> you got Jesus. You just don't got me, right? So last week, I ended last week's session on this, on kindness, on this quote. Loaning someone your strength instead of reminding them of their weakness. So when you think of, about that definition of kindness, what's your thoughts on it? Anybody got any thoughts on this? Loaning someone your strength instead of reminding them of their weakness. No thoughts? So if you, if you watch Facebook or anything or you watch the news, you notice a lot of people reminding people of their weaknesses instead of, okay, well, I, I offended him by my kindness talk. He doesn't, he doesn't agree with me on kindness. So, loan, so, loaning, so what would this look like if you loan someone your strength instead of their, you know, reminding them of their weakness? What does it mean to loan someone their strength? Your strength. Lester, you're new today. Well, come on. I don't want to do all the talking. Loaning someone your strength. What does it look like? I mean, what, what's a good example of that? Yeah, that could be it when they're down. Okay. Encouragement. Encouragement. Uh, I mean, Chris just walked out. He told me that he had a friend die this week and I don't know, when we go to funerals and such, you know, the family that's left behind, you know, we, that's a time they need strength. A lot of times when it, the need for kindness is when someone has a need, when someone needs something, when someone's suffering, when someone's hurt, when someone's, so. But you don't know that. Well, what if we do know it? I mean, this is in terms of you figure out, you know, Lester, something's wrong with you and I know it. Well, I have, I have a, which is, you know, which is a funny thing. Uh, you, you've ever heard the statement, the Christian army is the only army that shoots its wounded? You know, when someone's down, we, we dogpile them. And that, I think, represents here is, you know, what, what do we do with... Now, understand, if it's someone we like, it's easy to do this. You know, if... Chris lost a loved one. It's easy for me to give him an encouraging word. You know, come up, hey, brother, I'm praying for you. If you need anything, let me know, and I'm here for you. That's easy because Chris goes to my church. He's my brother in the Lord. It's, it's easy. But when it's someone, either a stranger or someone we really don't care for, when they have a need, we have this choice. We either have a chance to loan them our strength or remind them of their weakness. And... I, I, I'm reminded of a story, you know, years ago that Francis Frangipane, he's a minister, he wrote a book and he has this example in one of his books about the difference between a gossiping church and an encouraging church. And I, I don't know if I've ever used this as an example in here, but I'm going to use it now. I said, you know, there's a man that goes to the church and he's a recovering alcoholic. You know, he's sober and he's recovering, has the bad, worst day. He loses his job, loses a friend, you know, something happens and he just has this terrible stress-filled day. And he falls off the wagon, and it becomes public knowledge. And Francis Frangipane says, there's an opportunity, now this is my adding, where one of these comes into place. Because he says, he goes, you know, we go to his church, and in one room there's a bunch of people, and they're going, can you believe what he did? 
Can you believe he fell off the wagon after God's helped him so much? Can you believe that he even will have the audacity to show his face here after going out and getting drunk and all that such? Uh, he never was I, I, well, yeah, it must have been off. Well, no, that's, that's it. Uh, can't believe how dare he show that face. He walks into that room suddenly. What, what is it like? That's, that's an atmosphere of death. You know, because all of a sudden, it's very awkward for them, isn't it? You know, because they've just been talking trash about him. And he walks into that room. And they may not have said those exact words to him, but the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere, is death. The gossip is death. Gossip is the spirit of death. So, but there's another room in the church. And the people in there, did you hear what happened to Tommy? That's, I'll just throw a word to Tommy. Yeah, well, right now, let's just stop and pray for him. You know, and they pray and they say, Satan, you can't have him. We're, we stand, Lord, we, help us, use us as encouragers, help us. We, we refuse to let him be, have Satan take advantage of the situation. Lord, just have Tommy feel your love right now. Help us to be ministers to him and, and things like, Lord, we love Tommy. We stand with him. We're going to make, we're going to help him get through that. He walks into that room all of a sudden. That's a different atmosphere, isn't it? They have the freedom to go over there and give them a hug and say, we're with you. We're standing here with you. You stay with us. We're, 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 we're here for you. And to see the difference? I think that's where that comes. That's where this kind of kindness in that situation when someone needs it. Loaning someone your strength instead of reminding them of their weakness. That one room is about reminding them of his weakness. This room is, it's not ignoring the weakness it's not denying the weakness but it's loaning their your strength to them but that's what we need in the christian church more is when one person is that that's why i always preach and teach lone ranger christianity is not biblical because why do you need your fellow brothers and sisters in the lord there's going to be a time when you're down and they if a church doing the proper thing is loaning their strength there are people who say i don't feel the love of god right now doesn't mean the love of god's not there they're not feeling it so what what is god he uses christian brothers and sisters in the church to be the representation of his love to them so he said i don't feel the love but they're showing me love that's what the church is about and so when one person's down here the rest of the church is up here they pull them up they're loaning strength. Hey, I know you, you're, you're suffering right now. Like I said, you know, Chris lost a loved one. I would go, man, I'm here for you. Whatever you need, I'm, you just call me and I'm there. I've, I've, I'm, I'm in a good place right now. I know you're in a mourning place right now, but my strength is here for you. That's what Jesus intended for the church. And that's through the fruit of kindness. Instead, Chris, come on, man. What's wrong with you? Get over it. That's reminding you of your weakness. And that's what the devil wants. What does the devil do with us when it comes to just our own mental spirituality? He's always reminding of us our mistakes. He's always reminding of us our weaknesses. He's always reminding our shortcomings. But the Holy Spirit, not ignoring our, yeah, you got that weakness, but we can work on that. We can, make, we, we can turn this around. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. That's the role of us with our brothers and Christians in the Lord, too, is... Uh, is to do that, but also, I think, also to do that to people who aren't our brothers and sisters in the Lord, people outside the church. I'm gonna, I got another little quote here that I'm going to show to everybody here. I, don't, I think I've shown that. Minds are not conquered by force, but by love and high-mindedness. What does that mean? 
But what do you think it means? In conflict, minds are not conquered by force, but by love and high-mindedness. Any idea? Well, what was hard about that, Chris? That's the correct answer. <laughs> Trust yourself, man. <laughs> I'm giving you my strength. Trust. No, it's true. You've heard that old joke, and I, I, it's a very gender-specific joke, but it's true about every. In the history of the world, no woman has ever calmed down by a man telling her to calm down. <laughs> yeah, calm down. <laughs> in fact, in fact, if you tell a woman to calm, we can say this because there's no woman in here right now. You tell a woman to calm down, it probably sets the fire a little bit higher, you know, or telling someone to relax. You ever try to tell someone to relax? Just relax, dude. Like some guy's losing his out of control anger. Relax. How many times does that work? Yeah, okay, I'll relax. You're right. Does that work? <laughs> kind of like the like the grandparent I saw at Emily's graduation, high school, uh, junior high graduation, the woman that kept spanking the kid. Quit crying. Quit crying. Quit crying. Quit crying. Quit crying. Has that ever worked? No, <laughs> quit, 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 quit feeling pain, quit feeling pain, <laughs> you know, it just, it doesn't work. Minds are not, huh? Did you quit crying when she was hitting you? Did you really? That made me cry more. Minds are not conquered by force, but by love and high-mindedness. You know, there was a time back in the early church, you know, not but like a couple centuries later, like in the dark ages, that if they found out that you disagreed them about doctrine they just burnt you at the stake that didn't change it you know it's like there there was a there was a th john calvin made sure a guy got burnt at the stake that uh, was teaching about there was no such thing as a trinity that god was just one there was no trinity so he had him burn at the stake and another religious commenter commentator at the time said to kill a man is not to defeat a doctrine it's to kill a man and so minds are not conquered by force, but by love and high mindedness. It's, it's one of those things we got to remember. You know, if you watch Facebook, Facebook is a wonderful thing to watch about this. When people get into a debate on Facebook, what does it usually turn into? Well, not just an argument. It turns into name calling, insults. And, and have you ever changed your mind because someone insulted you? Chris, you're just stupid. Oh, okay, I'm going to come over to your side of... No, seriously. I mean, let's say you're disagreeing with me over a topic that you really believe into, and I say, Chris, you know what? You're just stupid. How likely are you going to say, okay, you know what, Clayton, I'm coming over to your side because I don't want you to think I'm stupid. Does that work? <laughs> He's not sure if I'm tricking him into this answer or not. Does it work? So minds are not... But, but, but by love and high-mindedness, if you ever, you know... You know, Jesus was pretty good convincing people through love and high-mindedness. You know, high-mindedness is about, like, just being able to talk in a smart way, in a, in a, in a kind way, high-mindedness. You know, and just, hey, I love you. You know, the woman at the well, he goes, he could, the woman at the well is a great example of this. Thing of kindness. Jesus goes to the well, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which is the hottest part of the day, Correct typically and that's when she's drawing the water which the women always drew the water in the morning 
because it's cooler. But this woman came at three o'clock in the afternoon. Why? Probably because she was shunned and shamed by the rest of the community. It was easier to come in the hottest part of the day, so she didn't get the the reminding of her weakness. And so she's drawing water. Jesus, in his wonderful divine way, he knew when she was going to be there, and he was sitting there. It made no sense for a man to be sitting at the well at 3 o'clock in the day. That's not the place you wanted to sit. It was hot. But Jesus was sitting there, and she comes, and he says, uh, hey, draw me some water typical man just telling a woman what to do <laughs> just like, draw me some water and, and you know they get into that discussion about you know water and you know the the you know if you i have water that if you drink of you'll never thirst again type thing and you know that story but the interesting part of the story is she, he goes why don't you go get your husband and she goes i don't have a husband now, that is probably the reason why she comes at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Because everybody else has shunned her because what she was about to say to Jesus. Because Jesus goes, you're right. Because the guy you're with not your husband. And you're past five. <laughs> You've been married five times and the guy you're with now is not even your husband. Now, understand this is back to that other, uh, other thing right here. Wow. Yeah. You have a choice at this moment. The people in the community chose to remind her of her weakness. Jesus said, you've done well. He says, I have this water I want to give. This is loaning his knowledge, his high-mindedness, his love. He says, you know what? I've got water that if you drink from this, you will never thirst again. He showed great kindness to her. That one... Now, what if Jesus had said, you woman of ill repute? My goodness, you must be the, a nag of a woman to not be able to keep one husband, let alone five, and you're not even living with a guy now. How dare you talk to me? She probably wouldn't have wanted to hear the story of living water. But Jesus, in his kindness, in his love, in his high-mindedness, earned the right to hear that. So, Chris, you told us a story last week about a guy that you work with. How's that relationship right now? Mean? How do you respond to him? For you or for him being mean? Have you ever been tempted to slug him? <laughs> temptation's not the sin, man. Yeah. Remember that temptation's not the sin. Back when I didn't really didn't have the strength to know that who I was in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me on based on that, let me ask this. Isn't it possible for even if you're in Christ and for the most part do well still be tempted? Whew. I was on the phone last night with someone I was tempted to say something to, but I didn't. I didn't sin by the temptation. It's what you do with the temptation, whether it's a sin or not. I mean, 
we're going to have annoying people, mean people. If your hope is that you're never going to have anybody that's going to tempt you to anger, you're in deep delusion right now. <laughs> you know, you're good. They're, they're, Satan's going to make sure to put those people in your path. You know, you know what? Sometimes God puts them in our path. God tests. The devil tempts. God tests. And I think, I think God's put some people in my life to test me, to test my kindness. But uh, were you going to say something, or are you just clearing your throat? We kind of we touched on that last week. Well, you're right, but I mean it's that's where Jesus comes back in the scripture and says you don't get credit for being nice to your family. Right. You get credit for being nice to someone who's being mean to you. Now sometimes family members they get up to be nice too. It's like them, sometimes. The counselor in me says that he had some issues. Yeah. I was just told him, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm here for you. Like, to make yeah. I mean, the, simplest to explain, hardest to live by term. It's, it's, simp, it's simplicity to explain kindness. It's hard to live it out every day. Like I said, now in here right now with the three of you guys sitting in front of me, kindness is easy. Simplistic. Oh man, you need some coffee? I'll go down and get you some coffee. Oh, you know what's whatever you need. You need prayer? We'll pray for you, man. That's easy. But man, out there, there's some people that are just. Yeah. But you know what? That doesn't lose it. In fact, let's go to scripture here in Luke chapter ten. Jesus is talking about, you know, loving God, loving others. Love your neighbor. He almost kind of said, you know, what's, what's the greatest commandment? And then Jesus goes, the commands can see, be summed up in this one phrase. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. The rest, all, every other commandment, every bit of the law comes back to those two statements. It's either a sin against God or it's a sin against other people. So if you love God with all your heart, you cover half the law. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you cover the rest. You're not going to be stealing from them if you love them. Or killing them or coveting. You're going to. I don't, we know. We know. We know. We know. We know. But it's this aspect. So he says, under these two things, you get those two down, the rest takes care of itself. And then you got one smart aleck. There's always a smart aleck. Like me. Yes, you over there in the back corner. Who's my neighbor? You said I'm supposed to love my neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Well, let's see how Jesus replied to this. It's in verse 27. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him dead. And by chance a priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite who also came uh, to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came up upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. 
and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. You know, that's a part of script. Man, you're setting yourself to be cheated by the innkeeper. Yeah, yeah, I did this. I did this. You owe me a lot more money, you know. Which of these do you think proved to be? This is Jesus talking again. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed mercy towards him. Then Jesus said, go and do the same. Now, this is, we grew up here in this story, right? I mean, I mean, that's like one, that's a lesson you learn in kids church. But we also have to realize when Jesus originally told this story, this parable to the crowd, this was a very radical. He caused problems. This would have been like Jesus going to a KKK rally and tell them, go be nice to a black person. He's talking to a bunch of Jews. They hated the Samaritans. They despised the Samaritans. Did not have. You realize when Jews were going like from South Israel to North Israel, Samaria was right in the middle. Instead of going through Samaria, which the, the direct path from point eight, what's the what what's the shortest path? What's the shortest distance? between two points, a straight line from A point to B point. They walked all the way around. They took an extra couple days in their journey just so they won't have to, their feet touch Samaritan dirt. They despised them. Jesus, God, man, I just love the way he taught because he just, in a loving way, would gig people because he purposely made it a Samaritan. The good guy in the message. I want to say just to irritate. Well, let's say just to really make them think. Irritate them. Because at first it was a priest. The priest is thinking, I have to stay pure. This guy could be dead. For me to touch a dead body makes me unclean. I'm going to go. It's more important that I stay purified so I can go to the temple. And do my priestly duties instead of worse being unclean by touching a body. So, no, sorry, going by. See, there's a purpose behind all this. A Levite came by who was a teacher of the law. Samaritan. We're supposed to not like them. And remember, this road is a dangerous road. It, you took your, when you traveled by yourself along these roads, you were going to maybe get robbed by a robber. And so one of the other common things was that someone would pretend to be hurt and when you went to help them, they would come out and jump you. It's kind of a, a possum, plain possum type of thing. So Levi goes, it's a Samaritan. Our, our law says to stay away from them. I can't do that. I, people are going to, what would my, what would my class, what would my church, temple think, my, my synagogue think if I was seen helping a Le, uh, Samaritan? Sorry. Then comes the dirty, disgusting, horrible, Samaritan. 
And as Jesus is saying, along comes a Samaritan, the people in the crowd. Oh, God, this guy's not. No, no, no. He's not going to make the Samaritan the hero, is he? The Samaritan stopped, helped him, put him on his own donkey, took him to an inn, took care of him overnight. The next day had to go on do his business, but left money and said, take care of him. If there's anything more. Just a guy. Yeah, just, just, he doesn't, um, a man, just says a man. The Samaritan was the one helping him. And so, see, because when we say when we got a good Samaritan law, so we think of the term Samaritan as being someone good. That wasn't the thing back then. Like, not only he gave the guy money, his own money, said take care of him. If it costs more than this, I'll be back and I'll give you. Not only just, that's a nice gesture. Hey, run a tab. But you're also taking a chance of being taken advantage of by the innkeepers. Yeah, instead of giving them the cheaper meal, I give them the more expensive meal. Yeah, I'll give them the, he'll get the massage, you know, he'll get, you know, he'll get all the, he'll get room service, you know, the expensive stuff. But to the Samaritans, says, just get them taken care of. And then Jesus said a very controversial thing for the, his audience. Well, he's the question, who acted more like the neighbor? And they were, for, you know, if you say, well, the priest, you're going to look like an idiot. So he goes, I guess the neighbor probably very reluctantly said, oh, the Samaritan. Go be like the Samaritan. What? What? Go, he says, go and do the same. I mean, this was radical for back then. So in other words, if Jesus did, you know, if this is like Jesus saying, go be nice if you're a republican go be nice to a democrat if you're a democrat go be nice to a republican if you're rich go be nice to a poor person if you're poor go be nice to a rich person see we we get into dividing ourselves you know by classifications republicans versus democrats rich versus poor white versus black country versus city whatever we do that and jesus says i don't care about the boundary and the wall that you put up between yourselves you're supposed to be kind to everybody love the lord your god with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself oh i thought you raised Thank <laughs> you. 
Well, I think in that situation, because I have, I have this brought up to me all the time, but what about those people who think they're Christians? And, you know, nah, nah. I said, first of all, I leave the judgment on whether they're a Christian or not to, to Christ. Yeah. You know, doesn't mean I have to accept what they're doing or just whatever. So, you know, but because, you know, everyone's to work out their salvation between them and Christ. And so, and I've always said we might be surprised who we see in heaven. We might be surprised who we don't see in heaven. Huh? Yeah, that, you know, I just, I, I just don't want to get, I, I don't like getting into the thing of, oh, but I mean, I got my opinions like everybody else does. Every, we all do. Like, I think a lot, of, you know, just being kind to everybody solves a lot of those quandaries. It's going to happen. <laughs> Well, and I think, we kind of touched on it a little bit last week, but let me go a little further. You don't, it, it, in the eyes of God, I know you're not doing it for credit, but I'm just, for the terms of this discussion, let's say, in, in terms of getting credit for God for what you did, it's not on whether the guy was being honest or not. The credit you get is for your willingness to do that. You know, like I said, when I used to be in charge of benevolence ministries, I know some of the people were scammers, and it was just, it just galled me if they ended up being scammers. And the Holy Spirit got hold of me and said, Clayton, but you're doing it in my name. You know, it's like the thing is, if you give someone a cup of water in my name, that's what you get credit for, whether the person was really thirsty or not. I do it in Jesus' name. Now, it doesn't mean I'm just going to give $5,000 to everybody that comes along. They're uh, uh, wise as serpents but innocent as doves, you know, kind of thing, you know. Okay, you know, a person who's a heroin addict asked me for $5,000 for rent. I'm not giving them $5,000, you know. Let's go, let me go find your rent place, and let's just talk to them. But once again, in giving a dollar to someone who asked for a dollar, you kind of go, is that dollar really going to go to what they're saying, or is it they're collecting all the dollars they can to do something? I don't know, but the problem is, well, not the problem, but the answer that helps me in that situation, I do this in Christ's name. If they're scamming me, that's between them and God. Between me and God is I'm trying to be a good representative of him. I am a child of God. I'm his hand extended. I'm doing this with all the faith that, you know, Lord. You know what? It even got to the point of start praying, Lord, if they're a scammer, 
I pray that even through this action, maybe the Holy Spirit is able to convict them down the road and get, if they go into heaven because of this scam event, you know, not because, you know what I'm saying, because they scam and they're convicted and then they give their, it's worth me losing a couple dollars to see them in heaven. And I think that, I think it's attitude a lot of the times. In Jesus' name, because, and that's what, I, and I think I used this last week, but I'm going to say it again. It's not like you're going to get to heaven and, you know, you're, okay, you, yeah, you did everything right that we that gets you into heaven. But one thing keeping you out, you gave five bucks to that guy and he really didn't need it for food. He was spending it on liquor. So go to hell. No, <laughs> no I, I, that's not going to happen. Well, but, be, but your heart, though, in that situation, Lord, I don't know if this guy's scamming me or not. It's like the story I told you about the guy that he gave the money to the woman and found out she was a scammer because she said that her daughter was in the hospital sick and whatever. And then someone said, hey, scam, and she didn't have a daughter. He goes, good, there's not, doesn't mean there's little kids you know, doing that. That's a good attitude to have. And I think, I think Christ honors that, even if the person was a scammer. He said, you know what, I'm a Christian. There you go. And then I, I, I really think, here's the thing. And I've said, you know, because when I was pastoring, and man, we, we gave money to missions. and Every night, you know, I really pushed missions, you know, missions giving for my church and such. People said, man, that's, sometimes it's tough for us to do all these missions giving. I said, you know what? I've never seen, if you're giving to missions or stuff like ministries, I've never seen Jesus let a church go under because of that. If I gave, we gave a lot of money to missions, we may not be rich, but God's never, and all those times I always gave a minute, we never went under. We didn't get rich. We weren't a rich church with a, thousands of dollars in the savings account. But I just think when you do that, Christ is not letting you go under financially. You know, I think I gave this $5, and I think God's going to take care of you. Now, he may not make you win the lottery, but... I, th- I just think if you do it in his name, he honors that. And I think that's where you get, quote, unquote, the credit. And he said, yeah, Clayton, that person scammed you. But you know what? You did it in my name. You did it as ministry. And when you do it under them, and that, that's a great way to look. When I gave that, when you, I gave that $5 to that person, I'm giving it unto Christ. I'm not giving it unto that person. I'm giving it unto, remember, you give a cup of water to someone in my name, you're giving it to me. So that person may be scamming, but I'm giving the $5 because of Christ. I'm giving it to him. And now what that person does with it has to answer to Christ. That kind of helps me. I still got my flesh coming up going, eee. I think so. And I, and, I, and I leave, I said, Lord, if that person's scamming me, use it as a seed that might reach them for you. If they're a scammer that's, you know, Maybe somehow through this, they will come to know you. I think that's a legitimate, I think Christ likes that type of prayer myself. And, and, and I, Christ can work with that. Christ can work with that. Christ, and, and that's loaning someone your strength. So, dude, I can, I, I, I'll give you my strength. You know, I, I, you know I, this, is, this is what I have. I have $5, you don't. That's my strength. I'm loaning it to you. You know, worst, you, know, you know, I've seen people roll down their window and yell at people, you know. Some of them might have been scared. Some of them might have been legit. You know what? I've been down on my time, too. <laughs> Last thing I needed was someone kicking me while I was down. 
You know, that's the other, you know, because I mean, you know, you know, some of the greatest givers are people who had the least at one time. You know, you know, just, hey, I, I know what it's like not to have a job and my bills are coming due and it's it's rough. It's embarrassing. It's, you know, like self shame and stuff like that. So sometimes, you know, those when they make it, you know, they do well. They're doing it. I think God honors that as well. Hey, I, re, I know what it's like to have more bills than money coming in, you know, and so. I, I I get really worried when I see people automatically chunking insults at people who very well may be in need. Uh, you know, it's and you know I'm I'm gonna even go far, further. I, I I've I've not always been perfect about this, but by far never been perfect about this. But people who are caught in some type of sin. I really pray that I really have a good attitude and a good spirit and loving and merciful towards them because I could be in that same. Exactly. I, well, we'll go back to that saying I started this class with the Christian army is the only army that shoots its own wounded. And not just that it's the right thing, merciful thing to do. It's just like, dude, I could be up there. <laughs> you know, I just that could don't plan on it don't want it to happen but the next sin exposed in the church may be mine how would i want to be treated in that situation we're great at asking for mercy and grace for for us hey dude i'm not perfect man i i fell show me some mercy but then when it happens to someone else dude you're bad how dare you show your face there that's scary and i think that's what that's at the heart of judge not lest ye be judged that's what christ was talking about you know, because it's a, don't judge. We judge. We judge. Come on, we do judge. When, if you're called on a jury and a guy robbed a bank and you're sitting on the jury and you present the evidence, the pictures on the camera, he got caught with the money, he, and you vote guilty, guess what? You just judged him. There's nothing wrong with that. What Jesus said is, what you apply to yourself, you apply to this person. Before you judge a person for that sin, examine yourself first that's what jesus was saying and so i mean oh look at old lester over there materialistic driving the best car living in a nice home making a greedy money guy how dare he be so greedy <laughs> meanwhile i'm just as greedy as he is <laughs> you know that's what jesus was talking about kindness goes a long way I hear more stories of people coming to know the Lord and having spiritual victory and spiritual breakthroughs because of the kindness of someone else than I do about condemnation, bringing them forward. Someone may be condemned and temporarily say, okay, I'll, I'll do what's right. It's temporary. Until they feel safe and secure, then they go back to their sin. The thing that really changes people, changes their heart, it's kindness and love. Man, that church accepted me despite my thing. I mean, we I had a stripper start coming to get saved, come to our church. Because there was one church that accepted her for her past. But she, for the first part of the time she was coming to our church, she was still stripping. Yeah, yeah, Lester. <laughs> Lester, yeah, that's not, you know where he was? <laughs> right.
Right. Well, and, and what, what's so sad here with this kindness, we show kindness for some people's sins and not kindness for other people's sins. We have rankings of sins. We don't mind the rich guy who's greedy coming to our church. In case he gets saved, he'll tithe. But the stripper? <laughs> the girl, she paid, she put money in the offering every week. A lot of ones. <laughs> but and I'm not ta- I'm giving my church people credit they loved her we were a church plant we were a new church we were full of people who just got saved they loved her they accepted her and eventually she did give her and she gave up that lifestyle now if we've been the church you just sit back there and you listen to our condom be quiet and listen to our condemnation she never would have come probably come back and darken the doorstep of the church if she did it would have been a temporary thing just i don't want you not liking me so i'll do what you tell but that's not from the heart love changes the heart and she goes man just people put their arm around me and they love me and they accept me we didn't accept the sin we accepted her and i think that's what jesus says don't judge not lest ye be judged and because everybody in the church, you know what? We've got our own sins we're dealing with, too. And we got to get from this ranking of sins thing. And I think, I think a key to that, what you're saying, is a lot of people, for those of us who are Christians, we need to think back to when we weren't. And also if it's someone who's made a mistake, and fall, a brother or sister who's fallen, one, we need to remember maybe when we were a Christian, we fell and made a mistake. Or we need to think in the terms of, I need to be careful, that could easily be me, too. How would I want to be treated in that situation? The golden rule? You know? If, if I made a big mistake and it became public, how would I want to be treated? That's the way I, we would all want to be treated with mercy and grace and love. Well, if that's the way I want to be treated, shouldn't I treat this person the same way? You know, because I, I get a lot of people come to my counseling office that there's a lot of people go, how dare you? How do you feel counseling someone like that? That's a person who's done something. I get some people court ordered to come to me <laughs> because they've broken the law somewhere. I have to show them love and mercy and grace just as much as the person just coming in who was a victim of something as opposed to they were the person that victimized somebody else. And it's tough. I've had some ornery clients that are very difficult to love. I've had a few of those. And it's flesh coming out going, I just, good gracious fella. (laughs) But no, Christ doesn't separate that. In fact, he says, it's even more required if the person's hard to love. Salvation's easy. This daily living stuff's the hard part. <laughs> it's the, giving my heart to Christ was the easiest part of my Christianity. It's the daily living of living this out. Of Like I said, you three guys, you need help? I'm here. But to the person that, that's a jerk? Christ says it's even more required in that situation. That's hard. That Christianity is not for wimps. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's one of the things we fight the most. So we, we need to remember that. So any other?
Well, I think that's just right to say, I want to hear the, well, I mean, and, and well, but we, we, I'm never picked. That's a, it's a, well, we, how, we do, that brings up a good point of we, we do have some Prejudgmental presuppositions. We all jack. Come on, we all do. I, I give you one of my favorite things. I like we, you know, in counseling. We we call it spitting in the soup of your client, where your client's got this really belief system that is completely off, and you don't just come out and say that's wrong. You just give them examples. That's it's called spitting in their soup. It's kind of like I always have people. Come, I never judge people. I don't believe in judging people. And I go, really. So what do you think about people who judge people? They're horrible. You just judge them. So you do judge people. <laughs> that's fun. I love that part. That's, a, that's, a, <laughs> that's great because we do. We all judge. But we also be fair. Just the thing from kindness is that we just need mercy and grace to people because that mercy and grace is the language of God. It is the language and attitude of God. And if we are to be Christ-like, we should be speaking the same language. Uh, let's close in prayer because we have to pray for Lester's brother as well. Lord, I just thank you right now. Lord, help us to be kind. Lord, help us to speak your language of kindness, love, mercy, grace. Because, Lord, we need that. We need more kindness in this world. Um, uh, uh, anger and hostility does not win people. But love, grace, and mercy and kindness does. Lord, it speaks much louder than yelling. Lord, I just pray that we learn this. Lord, I pray for Lester's brother. Lord, just be with him. Pray for healing upon his body. Lord, be with the family. Be with everybody in here and every need that's represented here. Lord, I just pray that you meet those needs. In your precious name, amen.